Welcome back to the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast with your host, John Fedro. Tune in weekly, plus listen to past episodes designed to make you money, save you time, and give you confidence as an active mobile home investor. Now, here's your host, John Fedro. All right, all right. Welcome back. Uh, John Pedro here. almost forgot my name. MobileHomeInvesting.net. This is the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast for investors, by investors. I think that should be our new tagline. And co-hosting this with me is Stuart Pate. Stuart, thank you so much for being here yet again. Thank you for having me, John. Always a pleasure. <laughs> no worries. There was a little delay there. I wasn't sure if you had dropped off the phone or maybe I was calling you from around the world. Um, the lesson today I think is pretty cool because Halloween just passed, um, a few weeks ago, but this is a horror story deal. And, uh, if we have some, (laughs) I was going to say, cue the music. I need to put some music in right there. Um, so horror stories today. And uh, that's what we're talking about. I know we both have um, some of them. And if you're if you're in this business, the the, the horror stories, the learning lessons, uh, those are there's different degrees of horror stories, and we can and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, but uh, yeah, this is going to be a really really cool talk. So without further ado, um, Stuart, please, uh, I have. Uh, I have them jumping around in my brain right now. I know you're thinking of one. Please, uh, the, uh, we can think of some horror stories, and uh, please tell me about yours. Okay, great. Um, sorry, give me one second. All right, there we go. So, um, yeah, okay, one in particular jumped out at me when we were discussing um, a topic to come up with for this talk. Yeah, I mean, I, I got a mobile home you know, in this park, on the cheap, and uh, I moved in some tenant buyers. They seemed to be okay. Uh, they had enough money to pay the monthly bill. But, um, you know, they, they just seemed okay. I guess I could have done a little more research on them or maybe added up the numbers for them. Cause a lot of these tenant buyers that you have, they may, or that you come across, they want to just get into a place. And you kind of have to figure it out for them. You have to be like, look, you have enough money to cover the rent. You don't have enough money to cover the rent, groceries, the electric, and the yard maintenance, and any other maintenance issue that comes up. So you kind of have to, like, hold them by the hand when you get a tenant buyer that's, they're like, well, you know, they don't have a criminal background, and they have monthly income, let's put them in there. You kind of have to make sure that they can pay their own rent and sustain themselves so that you have a long-lasting tenant buyer, you know, for the 60 months or however long you're you're going to have them in there. Absolutely. The Sort of the magic number there is uh, about they want uh, 39% or 40% um, of the the bill that you are charging, the monthly payment for the park, for the home, that is going to be uh, about 40% of their total income. So they have uh, then 60% more of their income that they have for other expenses, um, food, water, electricity, um, hopefully not drugs, 
but uh, whatever they spend their right. money on, you know, so that's sort of the numbers that we that we shoot for. But so these people, you're, and then that 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 was sort of the tone in your voice already before you even got to that point that you said, well, they seemed to be okay, um, and that's so important because you have this nice home that yes, you you got on the cheap, but it is your investment property, and although you got it for a cheap price, it's not an inexpensive home, four walls. Uh, AC, appliances, nice, decent home that will last for the next 20, 30 years, depending on how somebody keeps it. So with that being said, you know, I'm not going to just give the give the keys to my car over for somebody that I think I know. You know, I want to be, you know, who is this person? So we really go to great lengths and we should go to great lengths to make sure the people moving into our homes, we know all about them and they jump through all of our hoops. Um, and then that'll kind of come back uh, to bite us or not bite us in the ass a little bit later. But please go on with your story. Um, these people, you had a feeling and then they moved in. Yeah, it, it was a total rookie mistake. I mean, they they didn't have enough to pay the bill. They had enough to sustain them for seven months. Or no, it wasn't seven. It was maybe five months. And they had to move out. So um, it was so funny. The, I came to visit um, one time. I think I was in the neighborhood. I, I had a couple mobile homes in this one park. And I just not stopped by, knocked on the door. I think a couple months afterwards, they opened the door and I noticed that they had a a couple dogs in the house, which they didn't disclose with me. They had a cat and kittens in the house, and um, they they had I could see in the background they had like a bird in a bird cage. Way too many animals uh, yeah. for my mobile home. You know, what did I do? Again, I was a rookie. I'm like, well, they're paying, you know. I, I guess it's okay. You know, they're paying, so it's cool. Um, so I let it go. Anyway, five months down the road comes, and they didn't pay. So I go through the eviction process, and not only did they not pay, I had to fork out money for the eviction. And um, they ended up leaving. I had to paid their lot rent plus the current month's lot rent and they moved out they there was a horrible animal smell in the house and there were roaches everywhere 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 <laughs> everywhere i walked in i mean you could walk in and um they were literally i mean this is a horror these are horror stories they, <laughs> i walked in there was a roach. I didn't even realize it. I felt it crawling up my arm after, because I was leaning on the counter, Ooh. like one of the kitchen counters. Uh -huh. There was one crawling up my arm. I was like, are you guys okay? Like, living here? This was the eviction process. I was like, are, are you guys okay? Being in here, you guys are going to be evicted. I mean, you guys just might as well move out. After I had a roach on me, I was like, are you guys okay? Like, I was just concerned for health concerns. They're like, yeah, you know, we'll be out. I was like, okay, uh, see you later. So anyway, going going back to they moved out. Um, yeah, horrible animal smell, roaches everywhere. And, uh, the, I mean, the roaches were in the fridge. They were up in the walls. They were in the bathrooms. It's not like they were just in the kitchen where the food was. Mm -hmm. They were everywhere. And um, if there wasn't... Know, a 
if there wasn't a roach problem before, there's a, a likelihood that they brought the roaches in with them when they moved? Of course they did, yeah. Okay. Uh, there was no roach issue before at all. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I've talked to pest uh, maintenance guys, and they all say roach, roaches are hitchhikers. Yeah. You know, they'll if, if they weren't there and they come in with – or if they end up at some place, they hitchhiked either in a box, a suitcase, in the bedspread – uh, the moving truck, something like this. Disgusting. So, I'm remembering um, that scene in Indiana Jones uh, where he's walking through that dark way and there's all those uh, creepy crawlies on the floor and just ugh, everything. Yeah. Um, and I've seen yeah, it's, my it's, share of yeah, roach problems. So, <laughs> so, they, yeah. so you didn't go through the entire eviction process or possibly you, you did. Um, you did get them out or they left you pay. now with, with everything that you paid being that I think two months lot rent, that current one, and then the next one, or there were, they were in default one. Um, and then yep. the eviction was that, were you still either break even or ahead? Um, or were you not, um, because of all this sort of fi fiasco? No, I was ahead and, and money. I was ahead. Okay. Well, that's amazing. After only and five months. Okay. And then they, didn't pay half of it. Okay. Well, let, let me let me go back. I wasn't ahead yet. At okay. This point. Not yet. Um, I ended up. I had a vacant home that smelled and it had roach issues. Mm -hmm. I go in there and I had my handy dandy cockroach uh, killer bundle kit that I bought off the internet. Um, I don't remember the website. You actually gave me the website. What is that? And tell everybody because I... that stuff was. <laughs> it's this ex ex Russian military website, completely illegal. Yeah, yeah. it's um. I don't know. with an American flag, you know. I, I, we um, ground. Um, I'll put the link in the uh, description here on this page. But yeah, that stuff's amazing. It's all commercial grade. Um, so either have a commercial um, sprayer, somebody that. Um, works for a commercial company, come out there and spray, or you can get the stuff for yourself. That's what I do in the sprayer, and it works magic, and it lasts for a long, long time. And then that's what happened yeah. with you. You got them all taken care of? Totally, totally. I, I bought the kit. It's like a $200 kit, and it comes with the sprayer, the medicine you put in the water, and it comes with bait as well. I baited it all. I sprayed them down. Um, and then I, had, I, got, I actually got tied up as far as time is concerned in another business that I'm um, kind of getting, I was getting involved in at the time. I'm well into it now, but at the time I was, I didn't really have time to find new tenant buyers and keep the investment. I just decided to sell it. Um, so the roaches were gone. It took me about a month. I had to do about three or four treatments. Uh, the roaches were completely gone. I sold it, uh, made a handsome profit. And uh, the people who moved in changed out the carpets. The smell was gone, and it was like, uh, you know, a brand-new mobile home. So the – I'm, I'm going to go – I wanted to talk about my deal, but they, they almost mirror yeah. each other. And Okay. And the horror stories that I, that I have, we can do such good – we can do all of our due diligence buying a property. We can do all the right things, knowing who to talk to, making the right offers, negotiating, following up, closing. And then when it comes to – and then re rehabbing a home if we decide to rehab it or sell it as is. So much of this business 
is the selling process because you are establishing a relationship a lot of times for five years, 10 years, uh, longer with homes on land, sometimes shorter, depending on the condition of the home when you resell it. But we're, we're creating relationships with our buyers. And it is so much better to have an empty mobile home that you're paying lot rent on or you're paying the mortgage on than to have the wrong tenant buyers in there. And I've had both sides of the coins. I've sold to only people with a pulse that had the money, no background checks. And then I've sold to people who it wasn't the first person with money. They were the right people. They were low risk. They had good backgrounds, good income, uh, very polite, honest, hardworking, again, low risk. And that's the way to go. So these horror stories and the ones that I have, um, and there's again, they're just bouncing around my brain. It's not, it is not ever the home. We inspect the home. We know what we're buying. We talk to the managers. We talk to the, um, the neighbors. We talk to the, depending on what we're buying, we can talk to the local authorities. We can get to know the area, get to know the park, get to know the home. And we can even then, uh, find out by, we should obviously be are already, excuse me, know what our buyers are paying. So the offers that we're making are correct. But again, if you do all of that right and sell it to the first person that comes along, you sell it to your friend, you sell it to a friend of a friend, you sell it to someone who you don't do a background check, or if you have this, any of this, uh, my gut was kind of saying one thing or, uh, I didn't like this about them, but uh, that money is there. So I mean, the, the money should be the last thing on your mind. When you buy that great mobile home investment, jump up and down and be so happy and know that it will sell to the right buyer. My horror stories, it's I've, I've been suckered too many times and I won't let it happen again where I follow my heart. It's a sad situation. I'm giving these people a second or third chance in life. Really, it's probably their hundredth chance or more these folks who you evicted i'm sure they just went to somebody else and they stayed there for however long they could and then their situation changed and who knows what but maybe it's like a rotating thing actually they they they, they just leave one investor they go to another investor they go to another investor we need to set up a website where it's like a worldwide don't rent to these people and maybe that's an eviction but as most investors know you a lot of times it doesn't even come come to eviction we typically don't want to do an eviction as the investors maybe unless you're a little bit spiteful at them or bitter and tenant uh, tenants don't want the eviction either tenant buyers don't want that eviction either it's terrible on your report but anyway i digress um but all of my horror stories were not the home itself it wasn't that I bought a home and then it fell down a day, a day later. It's always about who I sell it to. They can keep the home and it can look beautiful in, in two years. They can keep the home and it can look absolutely destroyed in two years. So it's just so important who we're selling to and, and realize that this horror story talk, that's what this all boils down to, selling. So, so crucial. Um, would you agree, disagree with that? Um, any sort of thoughts there? Yeah, totally. I mean, um, yeah, at first I was, it's a total rookie mistake. I mean, everybody kind of has to get through it and get burned in order for it to, you to internalize it. Like, okay, now I know, you know, even if they do have the money, you know, it, it, it's such a pain yeah. to go through this. I mean, I, instead of selling it, I could still have this asset. You know what I mean? I guess I, 
I would have to sacrifice time towards my other business for this business. But if I had done it right the first time, I wouldn't be in this situation. I wouldn't even be telling you the story. Well, and it'd be another cash flowing home in your portfolio. It, yeah. it would be cash. I'd be collecting on it still. Yeah. Well, you did. To be fair, you did make a profit on it. Um, and you are smarter than me because it only took you one time for that to happen. I've been burned more than uh, I will admit. And, um, <laughs> and I, but again, never again. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so that was the, um, that was really the, the lesson, you know, it was kind of going one way where it was the horror story about the home, but it wasn't the home. It wasn't the market. It wasn't the park. It wasn't the management. It wasn't. Um, the market, it was the sellers. I mean, it wasn't even the condition because that was remediable. And it was clearly change a carpet and uh, spray your uh, bug killing juice and it was taken care of. And then resell probably for even more money to another tenant buyer. Um, did you go a different route where you sold it all cash? And let me just point out that because you were emotional about this home, you let it go for the price that you did. You still made a profit on it, but I'm sure had you been, you weren't as emotional, you could have sold it for payments or you maybe would have held out a little bit longer for a higher price. Do you feel that you as the investor, because you were so, um, I don't know if you were fed up with it at the time or the experience, but were you that quote unquote emotional seller? Yeah, um, I definitely asked for, I had a few offers. And I definitely held out for the best one. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I got burned, it, and it, it sucks. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I was a little bit, I guess, frustrated at myself, you know, and, uh, you know, it sucks. Yeah. But well, um, in the end, I ended up making a profit, so, you know, yeah. life goes on, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely, and you're still, you know, making a name for yourself, have made a name for yourself. The park manager was happy. The seller that you sold to was obviously happy. You can live to invest another day. And ultimately, I want to welcome you to the club, the club of investors that um, that this happens to. I mean, it's not a question of if you're going to get burned. It's a question of when. And I think we can all relate to that. Either in life, we've, we've loaned a friend money and we've never gotten it back, or we've extended ourselves or we've had our heart on our sleeve and people took advantage of us. It's no different when it comes to real estate investing. We typically don't have the skills and the talents and the disciplines to go from our personal lives and then into a business world, especially with renting or selling property or selling property via, via payment. So it is new to us. And although we, we can have the instructions the, you know, right in front of us, following our heart, selling to the wrong people, letting the wrong people in our lives can bring us down. And I'm reminded about that 80-20 rule. And that's even today with my great tenant buyers that I have, 80% of the headaches come from 20% of the people. So all the time I'm you know, analyzing who these people are and what traits they have. So it will never happen again. And I think that's what we can take with us. As long as the lesson that, you're, that you experienced, you learned from, just don't ever repeat it again uh, or do your best not, not to. So um, excellent. Stuart, thank you so much for um, saying that. I mean, that wasn't... No one likes to really talk about any, you know, the, the, the pains that we have, but oftentimes that's when we learn the most. And folks listening to this, you know, there's one way you, you can learn via, 
doing it yourself and going through these experiences, or you can learn from people who have already done it, um, such as Stuart. So anyway, Stuart, thank you so much for being here. Oh, one thing I do want to uh, ask you, uh, any good books you are reading currently or that you would recommend for the folks listening? I I am a huge advocate of reading and promoting books and things like this. The book I am currently reading is called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Huh. The Monk okay. Who Sold His Ferrari. Cool. I'll put a uh, link in the description. And you recommend this one highly? Two thumbs up? Yeah. Now, it's not on, it's not on real estate investing, sure. mind you, but... The, let me go ahead and give you the author. It's Robin, R-O-B-I-N, Sharma, S-H-A-R-M-A. Right. And um, it's basically about, you know, a high-strung attorney who, you know, his fast-paced lifestyle uh, kind of catches up with him, and he seeks kind of like um, a more, you know, spiritual side of enjoying life instead of hustle, 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 hustle. I like hustle. that. And... Um, nice. Yeah, it, yeah, it's great. I mean, this guy, he ends up finding a place of nirvana. You know, he takes off, leaves America, and comes back a couple of years later and starts teaching his lawyer friends about it. It's pretty cool. It's not it's not a true story. It's a fable. But um, I'm about halfway through the book, and it's, it, it's a really good book for just kind of, you know, understanding life a little bit. Absolutely. Some of the best books so, I've read that... that apply to real estate are not real estate relate related books um and we can have a whole actually yeah. we will we'll have a whole episode on books that we like and why uh, and how they tie into real estate investing so um i'd like to invite you back for that one in the future per- perhaps yeah absolutely. yeah 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 all right Cool. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, folks, if you have any questions, you can email them uh, for Stuart or I at uh, support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. Stuart, thank you so much again for being here. Thank you. Have a good day. The ideas and advice given in today's episode are for entertainment purposes only. If you have future ideas or questions for upcoming episodes, please email us at support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, the biggest compliment you can give is to like and share this podcast with your friends. 